Charlene Steinkamp invites you into their living room in Pompano Beach, Florida for a telephone conference call. Let's join other men and women from across the land who are seeking God's restoration of their marriage. Welcome, welcome to Rejoice Marriage Ministries. I am just so, so excited for today is the kicking off of our our telephone conferences in Pompano Beach, Florida, and we are thrilled to have everybody that is calling in to um, to have uh, access with us, and we're just thrilled to have everybody to call. And if you have a family or a, a member of a church member or a prayer partner or someone that doesn't understand what you're doing, you just might call them up and say, call in this number. Or if you've got some other standards you know about, have them call because we're going to hear about a restored marriage and we're going to talk about standing, and we're going to talk about how you walk through it and how you do it, and uh, you're going to learn a lot. So this is going to be an exciting and a fast hour and a half, and we are so blessed to have, um, I have Tim that's doing all the technical part, and Madison, his daughter, is helping him, where she runs back and forth to me with messages. And then we have Beverly, who is in the room, praying for you and for everybody that calls in and for praying for the guest and everything. And then um, we have three special people that are here today, and we have Bob. We have Bob, who is a male stander. And then we have, um, and he's from Pennsylvania, just so you know. And then we have Greg and Missy, and they're from New Mexico. And we're thrilled to have them. And we just gave God the glory, honor, and praise as Missy was the stander and Greg came home. And I'm going to let them tell all the little details about it. It's going to be a, uh, not the whole testimony today of all the details because you can't do it in this uh, short period of time. But we will get it out. And they will share and uh, expand more and maybe write a devotional uh, or a newsletter article for our newsletters. So we just give God the praise and the glory what he's going to be doing. Yes. Oh, welcome to um, welcome to all that are on, and it's great to be here, Charlene. Well, we're thrilled to Thank have you. Thank you, much, Charlene. Missy, we're glad to have you. Thank you so much for having us. We're, we're excited um, to be a part and to let God, to share what God's done, not what we've done. Greg, you're the special one today. Oh, I'm, I'm not so sure about that. But, uh, <laughs> well, there's a lot of people praying for all the husbands and the wives that uh, were tempted and deceived and blinded and so forth and so on. So uh, we're just thrilled to have you, have you here and... Uh, and home with your wife. So um, we're just thrilled to have you. Thank you. Um, what we're going to do now is just open up with prayer, and we're going to um, start the, serve, the telephone conference with prayer. Lord, we ask you to bless this time. We ask you to anoint it. We ask that you would touch each of us, that we would speak the words you would have us speak. And we just give you the praise, we give you the glory and honor for letting us be together and being in New Mexico and Pennsylvania and Florida and being able to combine all these people who are calling in from around the world. Lord, we thank you that this is being recorded and uh, we pray that the recording works properly and that there will be no complications 
in that we will have it for other people to listen to in the, um, in the evening uh, tonight. We'll just give you the praise and the honor. Anoint and uh, touch our time. Touch our times and let everything um, work out to we speak and say the right words and, and the right scriptures today, Lord. We want you to get all the glory and honor for what you have done in restoring and resurrecting dead marriages. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm going to open up with Psalm 34. And it's, I love Psalm 34. Um, I love Psalm 37. So if anybody is brand new and standing, I want you to know that um, these are two of my favorites. I have a lot of favorites. You all learn that. Um, but these are two of mine that are um, really, there's a lot of favorites, but these are two of mine. And one reason is praising the Lord. And in Psalm 34, verse 1 says, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. My soul will boast in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called, and the Lord heard him, and he saved him out of all of his troubles. And I think that's perfect, what has happened with Melissa and with Greg, and, um, and it's what we're praying for, for Bob's wife and for all of your husbands and wives that you are praying for. So this is one of the ones that I like that just gives God the glory and honor, and, and the Lord heard him, and he saved him out of all of his troubles. And we believe that with all of our hearts and minds. And we just ask that you never, never stop praying and never give up. But I'm not going to do a lot of a long introduction um, and talking about me first and about standing. We're going to jump into the testimonies and with Bob um, introducing a little bit about his stand so you get to know Bob. And uh, some of you may have heard him previously, but there are so many new people since the last telephone conference that we're just going to pretend this is brand new and he's just going to share briefly how he came to know the Lord, what happened to their marriage briefly, and they, whether they went to church or not, or what, what they, he thinks what happened, um, how the enemy hit him. And, um, and then we'll have uh, Missy and Greg share um, about themselves and then about their restoration, their, their uh, story of their testimony of being restored. Bob, can I introduce you okay. first? Since we have two sure. of them and one of you. <laughs> All right. Sure. Thanks, Charlene. Um, and uh, I have to echo your uh, at least two of your favorite psalms would certainly be on my list of if you asked me to pick my top five, both of those would clearly be in it. They're just uh, fantastic psalms um, and uh, never-ending depth, I think, to them. But um, Amen. I agree with you on that. A little of my story is... Um, I uh, grew up, I was blessed to grow up in a uh, in a believing family, if, if, uh, if I can say it that way. I mean, both my parents loved the Lord, and uh, um, and it was for, I was the fourth of five kids, and, and all my, you know, we just um, grew up in a home where the, the truth was known. And uh, so uh, I, I cannot remember a time in my life when I didn't, 
believe that Jesus Christ was God's son and, and uh, um, that he died for me and that God was good. And um, But, you know, I think um, it was when I was 14 that I, you know, made a public confession that I believed and that I knew I was a sinner and I, uh, I really felt a need to... Um, to give my life to the Lord um, and ask Him to save me from my sins, and uh, you know that began a about a, a long period, you know, thirty years of uh, what I would say was a really, really good, blessed time in the way we normally think of blessing. <laughs> um, my life went very, very well in virtually every aspect, and. Uh, uh, my wife and I, um, we were, I was 21 and she was 20 when we got married. And I was about, it was after my junior year of undergraduate. And um, we uh, we had what seemed to be a, uh, almost a, an ideal marriage. I mean, I, I, I thought, and I think uh, most of the people who knew us. And, um, and we were married for about 20 Two and a half years when um, we had a little bit of a fact is that there was nothing that happened that I knew of. I just felt uh, sort of this isolation. There was a, I was getting a little bit of a cold shoulder, uh, silent treatment, and I finally I just said, you know, what's happening? And she uh, she said to me, um, well, I've been living a lie. I don't love you. I've never loved you. And uh, I don't, I, I should rephrase that. It wasn't quite as strong. It was, I, I don't love you. I, I don't know if I ever loved you. And um, and it just rocked my world, I will say, uh, more than anything. Um, I mean, I just, you know, we, we had, have um, four children and, um, you know, I thought they were all doing great and all knew the Lord, um, at least I thought. And um, it's, you know, so that's, it's now been seven years. Um, and uh, we are, at least in, the, according to the state of Pennsylvania, you know, our, um, we're divorced. Um, and, um, you know, it's been very, very difficult, but I have sensed from the beginning that God was um, calling me to um, to stand um, for my marriage, to believe that he was going to restore it. Um, from the very first night that I heard that and I couldn't sleep and went down to my office and, you know, uh, spent an hour crying out to the Lord on my knees. And uh, I just, and I got a peace that night. Same thing happened the next night in the middle of the night. And uh, I just felt like God was saying, I'm going to restore your marriage. It's going to be better than it's ever been. Um, wow, now I will tell you, yes, and but I'll tell you, it's uh, there've been lots of times where I'm like, uh, you know, it doesn't, you know, in the with the eyes of sight, the physical eyes, you know, I I haven't seen a lot in seven years that's um, that's given me um, uh, hope, I guess, but I've seen tremendous things on my knees or through the scriptures or through ways that the Lord you know, speaks into our lives. And um, so it's been um, it's been a journey. I think a lot of people out there, I presume, would um, could relate to that. It's been hard. Uh, and yet God is, I believe God is faithful and he is good. And, um, you know, so it's a, but it's a continual thing where I'm, I'm just trying to, to trust him and to uh, go back to uh, just uh, believing in his promises through his word. 
Bob, I'll tell you, uh, you hit it on the nail right away instantly, and I'm, I'm going to bring Melissa into this also, but standing is not easy. I've never said it was easy. I don't think necessarily being a Christian, you would say it's really easy. Um, but I will say um, that it is an awesome spiritual experience that probably most of us will never, ever encounter again unless you go through another huge crisis in your life with um, another situation. Um, The spiritual journey, it is a spiritual journey. It is a spiritual journey that we have to choose to follow and pick up the cross and follow our Lord Jesus Christ. I think we got to understand that standing is not uh, really an option. Once God speaks to you, Bob, when God speaks to you, and we'll find out how uh, Missy was spoken to, but once that happens, you really, when God speaks to us and directs us and speaks to us through his word, as he spoke to me also, um, we've got to remember we need to obey and follow Lord Jesus Christ. And I am so burdened right now, and this is why we're kicking this off this year, is um, this is we need to obey the Lord, and I'm going to teach so much of basics of getting us of people writing and saying, I'm considering giving up, or I mean, as if there's an option to choose to not obey and follow the wedding vows that we made, or that we, when God speaks to us in dreams and visions, if he speaks to us in telling us, giving us any sorts of directions, and just having a covenant truck pass by, he should never, if you even see one, you don't need to pray for any more. Once is enough. If you had God stand before you, have Jesus enter in your room and speak to you, how many times more does he need to speak to us? And I am so burdened this year because we are having marriages restored, but I'm burdened about the ones that are giving up and letting their faith be watered down and be attacked. They are not willing to fight the fight to walk as a Christian and fight for whatever it would be. If your husband or wife was dying with cancer, would you just walk away? If your child was sick, would you walk away? If the crises of the enemy attacks of all different ways, why are we giving up on our marriages? And that is what my burden is, as it has been for 25 years, is that we have got to stand up and say, standers, join God's army and don't go to the enemy's side. And I pray today that is what we're going to proclaim because Jesus Christ is Lord and he can do anything and nothing is impossible. And we have to walk the walk, but God is going to encourage us. He's going to strengthen us and he will help you do everything you need to do. He's going to be your provider. He's going to be your deliverer. He's going to be our defender and he is going to walk and meet you all the ways. But I'm going to tell you, it's going to be a sacrifice. And what Bob said, you may have to get up in the middle of the night, you may have to, and you have to read the Bible, and you have to pray when you don't want to do it. But you've got to do it. You have no choice. You can either be a Christian or become a lukewarm Christian or walk away and take the detour road, and you are walking away and walking into the enemy's camp and the world's way of standards. And... Um, I just praise Charlene. Lord. If I uh, can, I add something to that. If oh, I, please do. You know, I, 
it's just I, I'm guessing that a lot of people can relate to this, um, and when we hear about it, see it in the in the devotionals that you write and that others write. You know, there's so often you'll get people who are sympathetic or whatever, and they'll be like, well, how do you know? How do you know God's going to do this? Or how do you know what he's going to do? Or um, And and the thing that um, strikes me, you know, people will, and, and so often, of course, it's like people will say, well, it's just so hard. But but what um, what, what I've thought about in, in my stand is that, yes, there are times you're tempted to give up, but, but really there's never you know, as as hard as it's been, at, you know, for a lot of years, there's never been a time where I doubted whether God wanted me to stand. I mean, in, really in my heart, you know, it's like what, there there have been times when I doubted whether, you know, I'd be totally lying if I said if I d- didn't from time to time um, doubt whether he's really going to restore my marriage. But the question about whether what he wants me to do in terms of, you know, the the um, you know, we hear so often, well, just move on or whatever, you know. Um, and it just seems like when I look at the scriptures, you know, Peter says in, in his uh, epistle, you know, why do you think it's strange when fiery trials come upon it, uh, upon you? The, yeah. the Lord says that, you know, the, 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 the gate is broad and wide that leads to destruction. But really, to follow him, it's a narrow and constricted way. And and there's only a few that find it. Um, You know, those to me are very sobering words. But if we're going to follow our Lord, you know, it's not a matter of trying to find a loophole that says, well, you know, I can justify some course of action that, you know, in our own minds. The question that, that really... You know, since Jesus is my Lord, that that I want to ask every, you know, really all the time is, Lord, what would you have me to do? Not not what's going to be easiest or what's just what would you have me to do? And I'm not saying I perfectly do that. I absolutely don't. But that is the attitude I know that I'm supposed to have. And and then he doesn't promise that it'll be easy, but he does promise that when we walk by faith, he will give us the grace, you know, as he says in in Second Corinthians, sufficient for you is the grace of me. That's the actual Greek, you know. Jesus mm-hmm. Christ is the grace, moment for mo- by moment that we need. And um, he, again, he doesn't promise that it'll be easy, but he does promise that he'll be with us. Anyway, I don't want to make a sermon here, but that well, you know, that, I agree. that is the. The, the the catch that so often people are asking the question, well, you know, isn't that hard? And, and you know, isn't there an easier way? And it, it's just that there's so many Christians that somehow think it's supposed to be easy, but the Lord never said that, nor did his apostles. Right, right. I totally agree. Missy, do we have you back on? Greg, can you hear me? Like she's, still, she's still muted. Okay, can you just hand her the phone, and can she, um, need, Greg, you're going to share the phone with her, and uh, maybe you can put it on speaker or something, whatever, yeah, we'll but we'll that. share the phone, because we're not going to be able to get her on today, so we're going to have to use two phones, one phone for two people, okay, um, and see if that works, all right? Um, can you hear Missy, both of them? Can you hear Yeah, I hear you perfectly. Um, Great. About your spiritual walk, we're talking about 
the difficult people saying it's so hard to stand. Um, how did you get to become a stander and what happened to your marriage? Let me start with you with that. So, Well, um, we had a very similar kind of story, much like Bob's. Um, we had been married almost, like, no, right at 12 years, I think, about that time, 13 years. And um, kind of the same story. I, I thought all was great and wonderful, and, and then the cold shoulder happened, and then Greg said almost those exact same words that Bob heard to me, said to me, the same, same words Bob just said he heard from his wife. And, you know, everything kind of fell apart very quickly at that point. And well, Missy, was, why don't you say those words? Because there's going to be people calling in that did not hear Bob, and uh, let's just say it one more time. Because what... Right. You, what your husband said, Bob heard, he, that's what all of our people are hearing. It's not a, a right. it's very, very common in that. So, um, right. Greg just said to me that um, he didn't love me anymore, and he wasn't sure if he'd ever loved me, and he had just been living a lie. We had, were church-going people, and, and, you know, I had had a relationship with Christ since I was, like, three or four. I mean, which people are like, really? But I can remember the day I gave my heart to Christ when I was very, very little. Um, and I thought that I was a very mature Christian even at that point in my life. And through our separation, I realized that I really was just kind of a backseat Christian and that I did not have an intimate relationship with Christ on a day-to-day basis. And so, Just like Charlie. Um, <laughs> and so, um, anyway, so as our relationship fell apart and as Greg moved out, which that was something really bad I did. If I could redo all that, that's something I would change. But anyway, I did you ask him, him to leave? Yes, and I physically helped pack his things to get him out. And so, and that was, you know, based on a lifelong understanding of tough love and of standing up for your rights and things that are not very Christ-like, but that often are very much even taught in the church often, mm-hmm. because we do think very much like the world. Yes, we do. And so, anyway, um, I was You're not just loving your husband right now. Let me interject and let me ask you a question. You're not loving your husband with tough love now. Am I, am I personally? No, I said absolutely. you're not loving your husband now anymore with tough love. No. <laughs> well, no. I'm trying okay. not to. I'm sure there are days that I am, but I'm really trying to. That's <laughs> not how to things out. I won't ask Greg. <laughs> <laughs> you can ask him personally later, but just not in front of many of the people. <laughs> you not for your grade yet. <laughs> let, me, let me interject with Missy that uh, they have been remarried. Missy, how long have you been, when did Greg come home, and uh, how long have you been back together? We ought to tell them that well before you share your whole testimony. Well, it really was a suddenly, and Greg came home about two weeks before Thanksgiving of 2010. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we were, um, we God was very kind to us and spared us actual divorce. We did have um, the paperwork was at the court, but it didn't happen, and then Greg suddenly came home. And so we were ever so grateful that we got to go to the lawyer together and ask him to 
send a motion to the court to end it. <laughs> wow. But the lawyer was amazing, said that he very rarely has ever had to do that. <laughs> I believe that. So how did you start standing, Missy? We were talking about the walk because we want to get the standard to understand this is not an assignment or something we just want to decide, I'll do it today, but tomorrow I won't do it. But we want to be also, I really want to encourage, and I, and I pray that with all of the three of us, and in, with Greg encouraging us, is that we're going to say to the stander, you can get victory. You can walk in faith and hope and trust and have the joy of the Lord uh, while you stand. And that's, what, that's my burden, that everybody will get that. That's why we, I just did a new teaching a few weeks ago, uh, Rejoice in the Lord Always. Right. Um, I I came I came to standing. Um, I didn't want our marriage to end at all, even when, although I was helping him out the door in my actions. But I was just really in a state of devastation, as probably everybody out there knows about. And I had never even been a person that had ever dealt with depression or a, being like just spiritually down or mentally down, and I spent four months of just literally barely able to get out of bed every day. And my mom, in her wisdom, said to me one day, you really need to find a group of people who, godly people who can relate to you and help you get out of this funk because God, I'm, she was like, I'm sure whatever is meant to be, God doesn't mean for you to live like this because that's not what he created you to be like. And so I Googled God Save My Marriage, which was just kind of a way to put my mom off because she was annoying me for saying that I needed to change my attitude. And mm-hmm. your website came up, and the most, ex- the most extraordinary part of all that was it wasn't your homepage that came up. It was a page of testimonies. And the first four mm. testimonies I read were our story almost to the T that said, wow. God saved the day. And oh. I just broke down in my office and cried and thought, okay, God, well, if you can do it for those people, then you can do it for us. Praise the Lord. Is God and awesome? That's that's where it began. And I'm very much a personality that if I'm going to take something on, I'm going to take it on with everything I have. And so that's where it began. And, and there were very, you know, there were many days that I thought, there's no hope here, but that's not what my Bible says. And I started reading my Bible like I had never read my Bible before. I started getting up in the morning and spending time in prayer like I never had before. And every day it would seem like another scripture or another thing would happen or something would come on the radio. Or even one time I was driving to a job site that was about 45 minutes away and, um, a bumper sticker on the truck in front of me said, I love my wife. And the truck kept in front of me, and I could not, every time I'd go around this truck, he would go back around me and jump right in front of me, and he would just, that bumper sticker was just right in my face the whole drive, like, I love my wife, I love my wife. And I felt like God was saying, that will be you someday, but you just need to to get it in your head. Wow, wow, that is so Awesome. God does speak, and let me just say that, you know, we have a teaching on that because so many people in church and brand new people that have never gone to church, and we love having you as God called you into uh, coming to know the Lord Jesus Christ through uh, the crisis of your marriage, and we have so many of them 
that come to know the Lord and have cried out to God. And you found the Lord, and then you have started your walk and your spiritual journey uh, by standing. And I know it's a hard way to start coming to know the Lord Jesus Christ, but it's an awesome way because God does speak. And he can speak to you and wants to speak to you every day, all the day long. And he wants you to talk back and forth to him all day long, too. Um, I think um, one of the people said uh, in an email recently, and I'm going to try to do this, is that I, I feel like I'm a consumed or obsessed with having praying for my husband or wife or child to come home. And I, it's not healthy for me. So I don't think I can stand any longer because I can't do this. I'm going to ask Bob and Missy, but I'm going to make my comment first. I believe that's a devil's lie. And I want to tell you, you talking, I, I can tell you personally from our testimonies, I have prayed for my children for Christ upon crisis, uh, my husband being sick for 16 years. I never stopped praying. And I talked popcorn prayers and um, little prayers all day long. And I, you, you're always going to be praying. We have somebody very close to us died just this week. How can we not, not pray for all these people who are going through trials and tribulations? But we have to learn to want to be the spiritual uh, warrior and be a prayer partner and to talk to the Lord all the time about whatever God reveals to you or you see somebody in the street that looks like they don't have any money need to pray for God to provide for their money or they come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to get serious about being an on-fire Christian regardless of our circumstances. And he can use you so mightily if you will just say, we're going to pray for your husband and wife every day when the Lord brings them to your mind. Pray for them. Pray for your child. Pray for them at school. You know, there's all different reasons. Bob, let me ask you what you think about that. Yeah, I, I, um, oh, I agree with your assessment. Um, the verse that was coming to me was from uh, one of your favorite psalms, Psalm 37, yeah. 4. And uh, I'm going to read a few verses around it. I'm going to read 3 to uh, the beginning of 7. And uh, it says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn, the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. And the reason I, that came to my mind is, um, you know, when we have, I mean, I think it matters what order we, how we order our lives, but if we are committing our way to the Lord, and he places a deep desire in our heart. You know, um, he's pro- he's not placing a desire in his, in our hearts that he's not going to fulfill. You know, that's what I what I get out of Psalm thirty seven four. Um, it's um, you know, I think we have to look at what our desire is, and and then see if that's a desire that God's placed there. You know, I've said to people before, you know. I couldn't pray 
God, you know, you, you, you need, you know, you need to make me a millionaire. Like, you know, I couldn't pray for riches and believe by faith that God had put that great desire on my heart, but to restore a marriage, um, you know, now I need to leave it in his hands in terms of the timing and the way he's going to do it. But to, you know, it's when, when your marriage partner has, um, has forsaken his or her vows and you still have um, and, and probably hurt you more deeply than anyone that's ever has ever done and, and you still have a desire for reconciliation, I think it's pretty, uh, you know, a very high probability, something close to one, that the Lord God Almighty has done that. That's not your natural instinct, you know. And and so if you're walking with the Lord and you have that desire, um, I don't, I mean, I, I, the concern about being obsessive, you know, I guess you could pray about that, you know, because it, it shouldn't ruin your, your um, testimony and your light. But um, but I think if God is putting it on your heart to continue to just lift up your your um, your wife or your husband in prayer and and to do that over and over and frequently, um, I, I agree with you, Charlene. That that um, if if you start to think, oh, this isn't right, I, I don't think that's from the Lord, unless unless you are uh, unless your attitude is so wrong about it. First Thessalonians Charlie. chapter five. I'm going to give you a missy that, so I'm just going to inter- put my scripture with my words because I don't want to ever say this saith the Lord, Charlene. Um, First Thessalonians chapter five verse sixteen. God gave me before I ever divorced Bob, and I was a slow learner, but um, because I didn't listen to God, I rejected His direction. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And God has given me so many scriptures that basically say that in 20 different ways with 20 different verses. But basically that was my beginning instructions. When my pastor said I had marriage problems, he said, I believe this is God's scripture for you to pray for Bob. And I was to be joyful always while I was having marriage problems. Missy, what's yours? Oh, that's really funny, Charlene. Um, I have a whole list here of rejoicing scriptures, and those are exactly the exact same thing I was going to say. One of my biggest turning points was my attitude, my heart, and when I started really seeing things change, not necessarily in our relationship as in with Greg and I, but in just my world in general, was when somebody so kindly, which it was the Holy Spirit and God using somebody, but gave me a book called Prison to Praise by Marilyn Carruthers, and it's all about using praise and rejoicing as your fundamental way of living. And I love a, that book. I love it. We send it out sometimes. We have them here. Praising, praising, praising. You know, Romans twelve fifteen says rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. But not me. It says to rejoice first and weep second. <laughs> You know, First Corinthians thirteen sixteen says it. You know, to you, you're not you, you're rejoicing with the truth. And then, of course, the one you just said, Philippians four four, is one of my very favorites. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And then something else that came to me while Bob was talking right then was in Matthew um, eleven twenty eight. It says, "Come to me, all who are labored and heavy laden, and I will give you rest." Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly of heart, 
and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And, you know, that, back to standing always, and it's it's not just an, a done deal when everything's better. Is You know, that's something I daily struggle with is resting in Christ. Resting, period, just sitting down and resting. But But that was something I really came to learn about myself was that I needed to rest. And I needed to, you know, let other people have rest too. And and that when I was trusting in Christ, and when I do trust in Christ, that rest is much simpler than anything I can ever conjure up or do myself. And so, you know, to the person who feels like they're overcome with this and they just can't live that way, then I would say it's about their own thoughts and, and, as opposed to a belief into Christ and Christ's authority overall. And so... But but the way to change that, at least for me, was to start rejoicing and, and to have, you know, Thanksgiving for things that maybe were even difficult, having Thanksgiving for my trials, being glad about the fact that I had the opportunity to, to walk this walk, even though it really wasn't very fun. Well, it's just like today, right now, with this complication with the phones uh, making those noises. I finally was praying, and I'm going to say, okay, Lord, what the enemy wants us to say when we hang up the phone, this is not going to be recorded, and we're going to block it. And the enemy's not going to. The enemy wants us not to have your us to share this on the website. And I am going to have it on there with all this noise because we're going to rejoice in the Lord that God is going to be greater than the noise because the message still can be heard. So we rejoice that God is not going to lose this testimony or your all what we're teaching today for anybody. Uh, we're going to do it anyway. We're just going to praise the Lord in the midst of these circumstances. And that's what the Lord is saying every day for us. And uh, Missy and Greg, why don't you two pull together and let's share your testimony. Okay. Um, so I, you I packed your bag. You found us. You were still in bed, and, and you found us, and you started reading. Uh, you signed up for the daily devotionals. Um, what happened after that? Um, I started just um, just doing whatever I could do to look for hope. And, um, you know, it was very... At the time, it felt like I was having to pull teeth to find it, but now that I look back on it, there was really stuff coming at me from every direction encouraging me to stand. Um, Right away, God sent me, well, even before I actually even found you, God sent me a a friend who I didn't know at all that um, went to church with us, that she didn't know me at all, but she wrote me a little note, and in that note, she told me about their restored marriage, and she told me she gave me a verse from... Genesis fifty twenty that said, you know, that what, repeat that scripture. What was that huh? What was that scripture? Genesis fifty twenty, I believe. I'm, yeah, I'm saying it from about what God, what you know, Satan had meant for evil. God could turn around for good, and not just for the salvation of one, but for the salvation of many. And that's you know when Joseph um, was was his brothers had sold him away and all that good stuff and. And I started right then believing in that, you know, um, it says, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring about what many people, that many people should be kept alive as they are today. 
so do not fear, and I will provide for you and your little ones. Thus he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. And I just started believing that this wasn't just for Greg, but this was for many people. And sometimes when I was, you know, stand in the shower and cry, I would just say to the devil, this isn't just for us. This is for many people. And I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to give up because this isn't for me. It's for a lot of people. And And this is a scripture I got when I was standing. And I, at that point, could not even begin to imagine how this was going to be used for other people. But I, God gave me that scripture also, and I just said, praise the Lord. <laughs> you know, I didn't have no idea what the future was going to be. And then, you know, I would just read, I would read your devotionals daily. I started reading my Bible daily. I read it through for the first time in my life. I, um, praise the Lord. I, you know, anything I could do. God sent a lot of people in my path. Um, I was thinking about that today before we got on the phone, that that God created a team for me, a little network of people to be there for me. And although they weren't really there for me physically, I know that they prayed continually for us. And a lot of them were people that I didn't even know or people that I wouldn't have guessed would have been on our team. You know, maybe they mm-hmm. were acquaintances, or maybe they weren't people I even knew as, like, strong Christians, but I know that those people were continually praying for us. And um, so, you know, I would I posted scriptures all over. I listened to I, – I got as many of your, of your CDs and tapings, um, especially those with um, – with testimonies on them, and I would listen to them, and I would replay them, and I would listen to them some more, and and I would, you know, I would print out scriptures, and I would memorize scriptures, and and you know, so so I was just building, and and I remember there's a, a testimony you have. I think their last name is Brown. I'm not sure, but I remember in her testimony she said. You know, she was talking to God about, God, can you do this to my husband and fix my husband and do this? And God said, hey, what about you to her? And when I heard that in her testimony, I thought, yeah, that's that's where I, you know, like I I don't want you to have to slam me on the head, God. Like I want us to work on me. And so I started doing and that's that. The real, and that's really a spiritual journey. The spiritual journey starts with us, and that's the whole right. big secret. And he said, that's what we focus on is cleanse me, change me, mold me, make me to be ready for my spouse or husband to come home. Because if we're not ready and we've got bitterness, anger, that we've been just stuffing down and saying, oh, I can do this, I can do this. And when the spouse comes home and they're still battling with another woman or other issues of that, I'm going to tell you, you are delaying your restoration, complete restoration, because you haven't dealt with it now and if you got I know I'm listening there hopefully there are standards that have got their spouse home and they're not totally restored yet they're not all there's it takes two or three years I believe Bob and I've always said at least two or three years to get everything to be all we want God wants it to be and then it then it's spiritual growth from there on in but there's a three-year spiritual growth of getting your marriage to be all that God created marriage to be it's to be a successful marriage but if we, the stander, are not growing in the Lord after their spouse comes home because of issues that the uh, the prodigal is having to deal with or is haven't hasn't come to the Lord enough yet or surrendered, you have to are fighting the fight spiritually while they're home, and that's the best place for them 
because it's over the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ and over your shelter and everything else. So, dear Stander, if your spouse is home and your their spouse is not praising the Lord yet, don't worry. You need to do your part more than ever before. And uh, that's we can cause delay in a lot of answers to our prayers because of us. And that's what Missy's talking about. Agreed. And then even, you know, when... So we all jump forward a little bit. You know, we Greg did file for a divorce, and um, it it got postponed a couple times due to random things, and and then suddenly he called me one day, and really it was a suddenly. Um, I was he wanted to have lunch with me, and I actually couldn't have lunch with him because I had a business meeting that day, and and I was really disappointed I couldn't have lunch with him. And anyway, he came to the house that night. He did he did have as you talked about a lot a lot of a lot of fault starts where he was coming to our house more and more regularly and having dinner with us. And um, at that time, we just had one child. And and um, anyway, you know, I would see those things. But then in the midst of all those good things, too, like I said, he filed for divorce right in the middle of all those good things. So mm. it was kind of just that same up and down and up and down battle of I would see progress and then it would all fall apart. And then I would see progress and it would all fall apart. And and um, anyway, so he just called me one day and said he wanted to have lunch, and then and he ended up coming that night and just said to me he wanted to move back home. And, of course, wow. I, actually, I don't think I said anything to him, which is, for me, a pretty phenomenal thing to have nothing to say. But <laughs> um, I just was kind of like, like, I just didn't know what to say. What, what? And so, finally, you know, I've said, of course, you know, because I had told him repeatedly that we were more than ready for him to come home whenever he was ready. And so, um, which my little, our little girl, she was one of, she was probably my best prayer partner at the age of four. <laughs> we pray they every morning. Have a faith of a four-year-old, right? Yeah. Every morning on the way to school, she and I prayed and quoted scripture about daddy coming home. She knew him better than I did. And, and so anyway, so he moved back home and which that was even a slow process from the day he told me. I mean, not a slow process, but it just didn't, he just didn't move home that day. It was a few weeks, and we kind of worked through it, and he moved into our spare bedroom. And um, we lived like that for a while. And then some... I'm glad good... you are mentioning that. That is awesome, because that is not unusual sometimes. I mean, that is part of it. Please go on with that part. That's important for everybody to understand. That's okay. Missy, well, how did you no, deal I, with that when he moved there? Did that hurt you? Did well, you get upset? What happened? Well, I had told him, um, I had made it very clear to him that I would be standing for our marriage until I died. I think he probably knew that I wasn't ever going to change from that. Um, and so... Anyway, you know, when he moved in, he said he wanted to move to the spare bedroom, and I said that was fine, you know. Okay, great. You're going to be in our house? Sure. Just whatever whatever works will be great with me. And so I helped him. I mean, he mostly moved himself back home, but I helped him um, clean out his apartment that he had, and and we got everything situated for him to move into our spare bedroom, and, and he did. And, and, that's, and so really at that point, we sort of lived – almost exactly like we were living prior to him moving back home, except for that he was in our house. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, some friends of ours who also have a restored marriage, which 
they never were actually physically separated, but they were separated emotionally and and had a lot of other things going on in their lives that was not condoning to godly relationship. Um, they came to us and ha- and said they had attended a, a national um, marriage retreat that they happen all over the world or the country, I should say, and um, they offered. They said they would like to give us a scholarship to attend one that was coming near to us. Wow, if we praise the Lord. And um, the gentleman actually came and actually talked to Greg directly, and he really didn't know Greg very well. Um, but he came and said, you know, we, we've kind of already been there, and we're praying for you guys, and we would gladly like to, to help you by doing this. And so I just left it in Greg's ballpark and, you know, told him that I would love to attend it with him. But, again, if he didn't want to, he didn't have to, and whatever he wanted to do. And so we attended that, and that was – in my mind, a very instrumental part in in our becoming man and wife, again, as opposed to just continuing kind of limping along, but mm-hmm. doing things that were correct to do, but maybe not not moving forward in, in the godly relationship that we right. needed to pursue. So God intervened. And, God intervened and used people to be open to to be used by the Lord and and that is what you need to all be aware of is God's going to ask us to be instruments and be used as willing vessels every day to help other people while we may not be able to help somebody right now or you may be able to help somebody right now you may see a couple that you know right now is having marriage problems at church or at work or wherever and if you know all this stuff you need to share it and if you know of a Bible study or a, a a marriage conference, and if you can pay for it, you can help them, you can even tell them about it, let the Lord use you as a willing vessel every day toward marriage restoration wherever you go. If you will say to the Lord, use me every day, he will use you. And if, he, and if you say, Lord, I have a burden to help marriages be restored, he will use you today before your husband or wife comes home, he will use you. I helped. I had two marriages get restored at least. I know of two marriages get restored, sharing all what the Lord taught me. I shared it with other people, and I had a marriage get restored. Um, one that was very young and had three children, and it was phenomenal. And it was exactly by me sharing with her what she was doing wrong and and she applied all the principles, and the Lord started restoring their marriage where they were really almost ready to separate and get divorced. Stand or be used every day by the Lord. Don't think the Lord can't use you until your marriage is restored. It's not true. And let me say this right now before um, it gets too much later. We've got to get Greg in here. But if you have a question, we may not get to it right today, but we will try to address it in the future. Um, during this call or later, if you would just want to email uh, Tim at question at rejoiceministry.org, question at rejoiceministries, R-I-E-S, dot O-R-G, or you can Twitter at Steinkamps. Um, but uh, you can send a question to us, and if we have time, we will address it today. 
If not, we just may go on a little bit longer afterwards and record something and answer a few of these questions if we can today, depending on the guest's time. But let me say, we will pray over your questions and try to address them in a devotional also. And please go on. Uh, we're thrilled, Missy. We're trying to see where you're at now. You just came home from a conference. You, you there, Greg? I'm sorry. I was trying you, to. We had a phone ringing in the background. I was trying to get it off. Oh, okay. Um, well, we didn't hear we it. Went, so that's good. Um, yeah. Greg, when you, let's pull you in. I don't like you being so silent. I got to get you in here, Greg. When when you came home, what brought you home? That's what every stander is wanting to know. When you were gone, why did you leave? What made you think that you needed to leave? And what what do you think? Has the Lord revealed to you what caused um, you to go down that road? Um, you Were you a Christian at the time when you got married and walking in your marriage? What made you uh, end up leaving? And uh, sort of let us tell us, open the door a little bit about your prodigal life, because I know every stander is wanting to hear this. Well, I think we could, I think we could talk for many, many hours about that. But let me just kind of concisely uh, say that that. I I believe myself to be a a believer of Christ at that time. I I don't necessarily think I would categorize myself as as a Christian um, because I, I think there's a, a world of difference between believing um, believing facts and and having knowledge about something and even believing something to be true and having that as a, a integral and vital part of your of your life and, and, and the makeup of who you are. I think to be a, a believer in Christ and to be in Christ is, is entirely different than just believing the story of Christ. And and I had uh, I'd lived my life and been raised to believe in Christ. Um, I I don't think I was necessarily given a good model to how that played out in our in our day to day lives, uh, I was given a very a very good model for uh, for living my life in in complete discontent, and and I think that that would be the, the biggest struggle that uh, that I have always had is is struggling against discontent, and so I would say that that ultimately what led us to where we were at um, from before we were married to all through our marriage was uh, an attitude on my part where I was I was not necessarily contented in in any situation that I was that I was in. I was always looking for uh for something else besides that because it it wasn't um it wasn't providing for me what, what I what I felt I guess uh my life should be like and, and what what my life deserved to be. Uh and the way I went about that in, in my life personally, I I, I was very uh, kind of backhanded about that. I think because I I, I always considered myself to be um, fairly fairly giving and and selfless person because I I 
didn't necessarily go after the the things that that I wanted or or put my needs first all the time. Uh, I I consider myself to be kind of selfish in putting in putting other people's needs first. But in reality, I was playing this this selflessness martyr game, which I which I learned very well from my parents uh, mm-hmm. of you know putting other people ahead of me, but in in the back of my mind uh, holding resentment and and uh, and bitterness because of that, and that led down a road. A complete discontent where nothing nothing was satisfying to me, and uh, ultimately to the point where Missy and I, there there really wasn't any, there was no life there because there was nothing that that she could do on her own that was in any way going to make me feel better about my life or our life together, and it it all became such a, a just a, a whirlwind of of trying to seek some way to to fulfill this this emptiness in in myself, and that led us to, to being apart for well, nearly two years, and uh, you know saving all the details of of, of that. It's uh, not uncommon from anybody else's story, I'm sure, um, with the possible exception that that I really was uh, throughout that time doing a lot of of seeking. Uh, of my own soul to, to figure out what it was that that was, was so missing in my life, and, and and thinking that I had given the the you know, the life of Christianity a, a try and and not found any any contentment in that, I was looking at at all kinds of other options and and searching out knowledge and and whatever realm that might be to, to try and figure out if you know Christianity wasn't it, if, if Christ wasn't wasn't really what was going to fulfill my life and what was and and of course all of that being wrapped around very selfish pursuits of, of what was going to make me happy um, because I, I obviously wasn't. I was I was very unhappy. But uh, kind of the long and short of that is is spending you know, that time uh, finding more and more um, isolation and and uh, and loneliness and and seeing that that my life was was in no way becoming enriched by the pursuits of of any other you know philosophy or or knowledge or experience. All I was doing was was isolating myself from uh, from my family, from from my daughter, and and missing out on on her life and and making my life more and more difficult because you know, I was trying to <clears throat> maintain my lifestyle and, and still feeling a, a responsibility for, for taking care of <clears throat> of Missy and and, uh, and our daughter as as well as as I could uh, while still you know keeping my own selfishness in play there as well and ultimately um, with some other added complications that I brought into the into the mix, like having a, a relationship with a, another woman that was purely, you know, purely just um, kind of a, a physical relationship out of loneliness, having nothing to, to do with trying to you know, replace my my wife or 
or my family, but just to try and reach out in my isolation. Well, that relationship ended up uh, producing a, a child. And uh, so I have a son from another woman through all of this, and that complicated things even even further. And, and uh, the more How things that I... How much guilt did that give you, Greg? I mean, you know, it's... it's it's difficult to look back at it now and and, and kind of uh, think in those terms because I've I really have been set free from from that that guilt the feelings for the most part so it, it's difficult to see that but what it what it did more than anything is just add one more level of of complication to to a life that I had already complicated enough and uh, the uh, the result is, I mean, it's it's very much like the the, the typical prodigal story in in the Bible. When the prodigal son had had come to his his senses, he he wasn't necessarily repentant of of everything that he had been doing, but he just came to his senses and said, you know, my life now is is so much worse than what I had it before. I might as well go back to what I had before and and at least be a a servant in my in my father's house. He he didn't necessarily go back with a contrite heart and and wanting to to be forgiven and and restored. What he wanted to do was get out of the mess that he had made, and that's kind of where I led myself. I I complicated my life so much that it it brought me back to the to the only place where where I kind of still had an open door, and that was that was with my my wife and and family. And so when I moved back, it. It was not necessarily with the with the full intent in my heart of being restored to a, a, a regular godly marriage. It was more like, you know, I can move back and <clears throat> we can make things work to to raise our child and and have a household uh, and make things easier on ourselves uh, financially mm-hmm. and emotionally. But I really wasn't looking to to restore. Uh, you know, Missy and I's marriage in that respect. So, like Missy had said, we we um, we spent several months when I came back as being uh, kind of cohabitants of of our of our home, where we we uh, we lived together and we we had you know shared meals and shared time together with with our daughter, but we weren't necessarily having that relationship with uh, you know with each other in in the way that would would be called a, a restored marriage but through that time and, and seeing you know how Missy was and what she what she was standing for and what she was believing it really it really did um, work to further soften my heart and you could and see you could see something while you were home of her walking the walk and then it, it started softening your heart then yeah, yeah, absolutely. And in fact, um, I I pulled up earlier uh, a few scriptures that, that I thought were um, were were kind of applicable to this situation. Some of them are, are maybe maybe kind of strange and and not necessarily something that that most people think of. But these these are the the things that I thought of because in in my in my searching, thankfully uh, searching for you know, truth in in my life. I I didn't altogether give up <clears throat> the thought of of God and the Bible and in Christ. I I really did search into that as well. So I spent time 
and I still had that in in my mind. It, it necessarily wasn't necessarily in, in my heart at that time, but it was at least in my head. So I was thinking kind of different different things about the scripture and, and seeing what what uh, what Missy did. And one of the one of the stories that's, that kind of sticks out to me that that is a good example of what what Missy modeled me in her life was the story of, of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, with King Nebuchadnezzar, which is really kind of strange, but yeah. <laughs> uh, in, Daniel, in Daniel three, it, it talks about when when King Nebuchadnezzar was was you know completely fed up with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and and yes. kind of throw them into the furnace, and and he you know they're delivered to the king, and and they tell the king in in Daniel three sixteen. Uh, they say, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter, and I saw that very much with with Missy, you know, there were a lot of people that were questioning and, and not really supporting what she did, but she she took the stance that, you know, God had told her what it was and even when, when I completely, you know, just ridiculed her for, for what she was doing, she didn't take the stance that she had to defend herself. She just stood and said, This is this is the truth and this is what I'm what I'm going to do. They go on to say that if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from us, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But the important part is they say that even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. And I thought that was so applicable and and important in in the stand that, that Missy was modeling in our lives was that you know, she knew what what God was telling her to do, and she was going going to do it, whether or not she saw the results that she wanted to see. Uh, she was still going to do it, even if even if it didn't ever produce in this reality what she wanted to see in in an outcome. She had made it clear to me that, that until the day she died, she was going to stand for what God had told her to do. And, he, and God was going to to deliver her, but even if He did not, that wasn't going to change what she did because she knew what God had, had said to do, and she was going, going to do it. Yay, messy and being a stander. <laughs> Praise the about, Lord. About her her level of of belief, and uh, and it really got me to thinking about what the truth in that was, and and I went on to you know study you know more about the word and what the word said about you know us what what we need to do what what our nature is and like I said I, I didn't I didn't necessarily have my heart in the right place when I um when I came back to uh living in our in our home but one of the verses that really spoke to me and helped to to kind of break me out of of that thought process of of not necessarily just looking at what it was that my heart was telling me and and what my heart was in or wasn't in you know getting out of the of this need to to feel like you know this is what I what I wanted or this is is what is is you know the the best for me or whatever um because my heart wasn't necessarily all in at that time, right? I, I came across the the verse in Jeremiah seventeen uh, seventeen nine, where I, I thought God was really speaking 
to me about who I was and who we are as as humans. And that verse says, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? And that just sort of smacked me upside the head like, you know, it really doesn't matter what what we're feeling. It, it, it only matters what God says. And if he says that this is is how he wants our lives to be and how he intends for us to be, just because we don't necessarily feel that way or our hearts are leading us in another direction because we have have allowed that to happen, you know, our hearts can be very deceitful and can be very destructive to us. And sometimes we need to, to allow God to speak and be God whether or not our hearts are telling us something else or not. And that really uh, gave me the ability to, to kind of start turning more towards what God was saying and and what his word was telling us about, um, you know, who who he is, who he wants to be in, in our lives and, and how he wants us to behave as his children instead of focusing everything on, about how I felt about life and what I thought I deserved in life and, you know, just kind of taking the emphasis off of me. And, and that's where we've been uh, moving since, you know, two years ago uh, and really focusing on, on what it is that, that God says about us and, and what it is that, that he, you know, thinks about us and about marriage and, and about uh, ministry, uh, about what it is that, that is important in life. And it's it's not it's not so much about us. It's about uh, it's about he, him and his word and message and how we can fit into that, not how he fits into our lives, but how we can fit into his bigger mission. That really was a turning point, I think, for us. Greg, basically you have found out that God is calling us when he calls us to follow him, that we are to be his disciples and follow his word and apply it into our daily life. And what we have done in a lot of times, uh, uh, we have, uh, we cannot, um, we, we, we say we're Christians, we go to church and everything, but we haven't walked the walk that the Lord wants us to do. And, and uh, you were battling that before you left, but, you know, we men and women are not being the husbands and wives that we're supposed to be we are supposed to be at home, and we don't even realize that we're really sinning against our spouses and 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 being all that we're supposed to be because we don't read the word, we don't pray like we're supposed to, and and we've gotten and the devil is having a heyday with us Christians with the church because we're not following our Lord Jesus Christ the way He wants us to do. Is that what you have found out? Well, absolutely. I mean, I, I think that that if anything, the last you know three or four years has, has taught both Missy and I is, is that, you know, we we both had a, a very um, very limiting view on on what it meant to be to be followers of Christ. And because of that, our our whole emphasis was was not on what is important in life, but it was on ourselves. And that is above all what what had led us to the point where we were at. And another scripture that, that came to mind earlier when, when Bob was talking, we were and we were just, uh, you know, I was going through and, and thinking about our situation and thinking about what it was that has dramatically changed in, in our lives is that 
you know, we strive to not put our to not put ourselves above everything else now, and, and we we really work to try and and see the reality of of our lives as being um, you know something that is is called uh, of God to be used for His purposes and His glory, and not something that you know our our lives aren't here to fulfill to fulfill us and and our needs and to to make sure that we're all happy happy and and you know Amen. having a earth our our lives are are supposed to be something more than that and we really have focused very deeply on that over the last couple of years and one of the verses that came to mind when I was thinking about that earlier was uh, in Romans Romans 12 one that says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And, you know, it's not always you know, easy sunshine and, and roses with our with our life at all. And, and we we still struggle with, you know, with stuff all the time, with, with our own selfish desires and our own, uh, you know, abilities to... Uh, you know, to live and and be, um, you know, amenable with with each other because we we get in the way of what God is doing all the time. But mm-hmm. when we can when we can strive to to remember that, you know, what our lives are really are really for that that they're not for our our own benefit and they're and they're not for us to to necessarily be. You know, blessed and and happy and wonderful. I think that that's all a, a byproduct of what our lives are really about. Our our lives are really about being a sacrifice to God, so that that we can show His glory through through the way that that we live. Now, with that, we do get the benefit of of having things like you know good and happy marriages, because when we're living right and we're putting God first, and that's our emphasis, then and kind of the natural byproduct of that is that we are blessed and we don't focus on the things that are that are negative and, and that are taking away from perhaps the quality of, of our life because those things become less and less important to us. The things that become important are that we are, are doing what God has asked us to do and when we, when we focus on that, then the rest of the stuff that, that tends to pull us apart, uh, it just decreases. We, we don't, we don't, Feel as as strongly about those things anymore, and it becomes less important to us. Well, it's it's not I, but Christ. Fabian, who's another prodigal that you may have heard their testimony, um, he said to a standard that I had at a restaurant just recently. He wakes up and he says, "I surrender my body every day in my life to the Lord and say, Lord, use me." not for, for your glory and for me to serve you while I work and, and, and be part of my life. But he says, I need to surrender and crucify my flesh. I surrender my life to the Lord every day to not my will, but your will be done in my life. And that's what you're saying right now, is we have to crucify and our Charlie, flesh. I think it's really important, Charlene, too, that that's, that, that's both sides of the street, you know? I spent a lot of my life prior to our marriage falling apart with a very prideful attitude that I was doing a really good job, and if everybody else could only do the job I was doing, we wouldn't have all these problems. 
Divine pride and pride, huh? (laughs) Yeah. And in all reality, that I've learned through all this is I have to wake up every morning with that exact same prayer, and or or prodigal, you know? And, you know, you talk a lot lot about zipping your lips, and and that was, like, rock my world changing um, when I started reading your stuff, and then reading other people's stuff, and then even today, and then I started reading Proverbs every day. I probably spent two years reading a a chapter of Proverbs a day. I have always, yes. Every every proverb telling me, you know, to shut my mouth, shut my mouth, shut my mouth, shut my mouth, and um, you know how how that in order to do those things, in order to to have praise as the first thing off your lips, in order to shut your mouth when you're being um, taken advantage of, in order to to show love and kindness that is surpassing all else is you know having to wake up in the morning and say, okay. I give this all to you, and and I lay it all down, and I'm open to to doing things your way and not my way, and and that's an everyday, all day long happening prior to marriage restoration and after marriage restoration. Just one of the things, one of the things that I wanted to really emphasize, and and it's the same thing I uh, have said already, but just to really drive home the point, and you know. I'm, I'm not looking at it from from the the viewpoint of someone that is is standing. Obviously, I was on the other side of that, but I think that the the key thing that that I learned through, through Missy and what she did was was really that it it's about it, it's so much more about your your motivation. And I think that's true with with everything with with God. It's it's about the motives of your of your heart. And, and what it is you're actually after that is going to to affect change in your life and change in, in your situation because uh, just like with that story with Shadrach, Meshach, and, and Abednego, you know, they're, they obviously wanted God to, to deliver them. That was That's pretty much a, a given. You know, we don't have to question right. that. Right. But their, their stand was that we're going to believe in God and his abilities, whether or not he comes through or not. Their their motivation was belief and trust in God, no matter what the outcome was. And and so I think that, that it's it's important for us always in, in whatever situation we're we're in, if it's standing for marriage or or for uh, a healing or, or restoration of, of any type of relationship, whatever it might be, it, it comes down to your motivation. Are you are you going to are you going to believe and, and serve God because he is God and, and that is what he has commanded? Or are you going to, to believe and, and stand for something that you want because you want it and not necessarily because it's it's what God wants? Now, I I believe fully that, that God's intention and, and hope is that all relationships of this type would be restored. I think that that is, is clear in his word. But it, it comes down to the motivation of your heart. Are you are you standing for your marriage, or are you standing for God? Are you standing for God and His glory? Are you standing for your own, you know, situation to be better so that that you know for your own happiness of, and not be financially strapped and go on and on and on. It comes down to to a motivation of of your heart, and I think that also lends itself to to the reasons that that. Uh, 
when things are, are really difficult, you can find strength or you can find you know complete hopelessness because where where is your trust? Is your trust in the outcome? Is your trust in in, in God restoring something for your benefit or is is your trust in the Lord and that He is is strong and able and willing to to help? Are, are you going to trust God or are you going to trust the the kind of natural uh, circumstance? And that is, and that's our big battle. Um, I'm going to interrupt now, right now. Greg, you have opened so many people's eyes, and I just give God the glory and honor and mm-hmm. praise of what you have shared just briefly. And as you said, we're going to have to do a CD of you two of sharing, and it's still, it, time goes by fast when you share a whole situation of being a prodigal or a stand or anything else. It takes time. But we're, because of our phone problems we had, we would like to extend this another half hour to 4 o'clock. Is that going 4 o'clock Eastern Standard Time? Uh, but is it going to be all right for the guests? <laughs> Are you all able to stay 30 more minutes on the phone, or is that bad for your commitments you already have scheduled? No, we're, we're good. As long as the battery holds out, we're all right. Good, <laughs> uh, I'm fine, Charlie. In, right? Are you all right, Bob? Yep, I'm fine. Okay, well then we're going to just go on with this um, back and forth because we've gotten questions and uh, that net want to be answered. Um, but since I've interrupted Greg, um, Bob, I'm going to open this up to you now uh, because you're a stander, and I know you've got uh, a probably at least one question or comment with all what Greg has opened up and shared so honestly and, and been transparent today. And, Greg, I appreciate that because that was one thing that Bob was, is he was transparent and shared what was going on in his heart and mind. And that's what the standards want to hear. And what you've opened up is you weren't this villain, this horrible person out there, um, as everybody is thinking about their spouse in a way. You know what I mean? Um, Right. Right. Wait, something I do want to say, Charlene, I wanted to say it while ago when Greg was talking, but one of the things that that I was always so grateful for in the midst of all the craziness was Greg always was, was working at providing for us financially, even though sometimes he did that reluctantly with with not a great attitude, but he never he was never withholding from us financially, which mm-hmm. always gave me hope that that I knew he was the man I married, the man that right. God intended him to be. He just had a lot of junk in the way at the moment, and and that was right. something I could see as, you know, he wasn't this horrible, terrible guy that that the world would like me to believe he was and give up on him, because he cared about us, and if and, if nothing else, just to provide for us. <laughs> and I think that right now, um, Greg, I want to throw in, and I'm going to give Bob the the floor in one minute. But we're not dealing right this moment uh, with some other issues that I've got to bring up that is alcoholism or drugs or pills or other um, bad um, issues that our spouses had gone into and uh, or have tested or, or tried. And all of those things are um, just circumstances that the enemy is using against every stander. But we have to learn, and, and that secret learn, is, and pray faithfully 
about binding and loosing against the the um, demonic uh, evils, tricks, and schemes that the devil uses, and he uses it on all of us in all different ways. But um, we need to understand. I need to say that to all the standers because you're going to write to me and say, "Well, he didn't talk about being an alcoholic or drugs or all of this." There's all types of issues and sins, but he did have a child out of wedlock, and we have a lot of children, the Ishmael children that are, in God's eyes, are still very special in his sight. It doesn't matter how they, um, uh, what happened. That child has got, a God has a plan and a purpose for his life. And you've got two people that are praying for that child right now, that he'll be a mighty man of God. And I don't want all of you who um, so um, curse that baby, don't. Because those, that hurts me. Because we, God can turn everything, all things, around to good, Romans 8, 28. And I just love this conference today because I really believe we standers have to do a self-examination and start asking us to have our heart transformed and um, and, and not have it. Bob, let me have thro- throw you in real quick, so, and then we'll go to the questions and answers and then get back into it a little bit more. But what when you've heard Bob um, you, Bob, you've heard this, and Greg, um, what has this taught you? What thoughts or scriptures or questions do you have for him right now? Well, the, the first, you know, I was, uh, you know, when, Greg, when you said you had a couple scriptures come to your mind, and they probably wouldn't be the ones that people might be thinking would come to your mind, I, you had my curiosity raised. And, and, and the first one you gave about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, um, um, you're right. It was. I just certainly was probably not nothing coming close to what I was thinking you might raise. But um, I got to tell you that that is such an encouragement to me personally today. Just, Amen. Uh, and uh, and and what a what a great story and a great uh, encouragement. I hope for many uh, of us that you know we don't need to defend ourselves in this matter if we know what we're doing is what the Lord's called us to do. And um, so I really, really appreciate you you bringing that out. Um, and you know the the thought um, uh, as both of you shared about um, you know having to look at um, our own walks with the Lord. Um, you know it, it brought to mind um, early on when when my marriage was rocked, and you know I, I immediately. Um, started to search in the word in particular the marriage passages many of which i probably knew by heart but it's interesting to me that sometimes we can know it by heart and still not see it it's right in front of us and and when i went to ephesians 5 early on in our marriage um problems you know 20 some years into our marriage i it just hit me like um you know as charlene talks about a rema word or a you know it just the, the, the word jumps off the page, and it said, you know, what many of you know by heart, but for husbands, that we're to love our wives as as Christ um, loves his church and and gave himself for her. And, and um, you know, all of a sudden, when I read that one day, I started to realize, you know, because I knew that I loved my wife. I, I, I had, there had, you know, I was one of the fortunate ones, I think, that... Um, I never had never doubted in 20 some years that I loved my wife. She was I just felt like God had given me, you know, the uh 
the woman of my dreams. And but the problem that hit me, you know, that I realized that day was that by by my standard, I was loving my wife, and um, and and I think that was a real love. But the question was, did I love her as Christ loved His church? And you know, and and the answer, of course, is that I don't think a husband can truly do that of his own strength. And you know, and it just hit me that I had spent twenty some years in marriage, and of course, I had prayed for my wife, I had prayed for my children, I had prayed for myself that I could live as a godly man, but I had not specifically been praying that God would give me the ability that only he could give, that I could love my wife as Jesus Christ loved, loves his bride, the church. And um, and that's a prayer that, that I've tried to start, you know, pray daily, you know, and I, I don't always do it, but I, I um, it was that and two things. And, and you also, uh, one of you mentioned, maybe both of you did, about the, the problem of bitterness. And, and I really, I didn't feel like I was bitter, but I knew that I had to guard against it. And so the two things that I I really try to daily um, pray for that were not really part of my life was that I would pray to have a forgiving heart that God would free me from even the uh, you know uh, the, the least bit of bitterness and that he would give me a love for my wife that was a perfect and unfailing love truly the love of Christ that I could love her unconditionally uh, regardless of circumstances or, or what she has done and um, you know I don't I don't perfectly live that, but I believe that is a prayer that God is answering and, and has answered. Um, you know, a lot of the prayers that I've offered haven't yet been answered, but I believe that's one that, that he has um, given me grace to do. So um, anyway, those are a couple thoughts that came to my mind. I um, It is incredibly encouraging to me to be able to hear uh, a testimony of, of people who have a restored marriage um, even though, um, as Charlene and Bob always talked about, it's a, it's a continuous, continuing process, and and I think it's true. Uh, I'm guessing Forever. it's true for yeah for, for uh, you two, um, Greg and, and Missy. That um, you know, I think it's fair, and I would love your comments on this. That when God brings you back together, it, you kind of need to realize that both of you. Uh, that, that maybe you drop the the stander and 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 uh, prodigal kind of language and say, you know what, both of us fail, and both of us at times, you know, at times one of us is the strong one and, and the other's the weak one, and then other times it reverses, and, and you really just need to hold each other up. And I just love to hear your comment on that. Um, I, I worked really hard. In fact, um. This is kind of a big day for us. I'm I'm really glad we're getting to do it because um, I've been talking to Greg for some time now that I, I hope someday we could share our testimony because I want it to be for the greater good of, of all, not for just the us or the people who know us personally. But um, because I, I never wanted Greg to feel belittled or ashamed or like I thought little of him, um, I did a lot of, of studying of Proverbs 31, that 31 woman, and 
talks in there about, you know, she does her husband good. She always says good about him, and the, mm-hmm. the city knows of his goodness because of what she does. And so I wanted that to be part of what I did in, a daily, in our daily life, whether he was at home or not at home. But mm-hmm. I didn't share a lot with him about, you know, considering him the prodigal or about me being a stander or, um, you know, it would just kind of seep out in little bits. Like he would, you know, ask what I was doing or he knew I had a bunch of these CDs in the top of our closet, which I strategically <laughs> just placed above where his clothes would go. But, <laughs> you know, things like that because I didn't want it to be, I didn't want him to feel like he was the lesser of the two of us because he was not. And so I tried yep. to just not talk about it really unless, unless it was brought up by something. I mean, that conference we went to gave us a good opportunity to share with each other some very private things that we had not shared prior to that or really since that because they were they're hard they're hard things to talk about. But um you know, even now definitely um um there are times that he is much stronger than I am in other situations that we are quote unquote standing for. You know, like jobs and finances and things like that. So so absolutely. But all of those things said is what I learned during Standing for Our Marriage has been very applicable to everything else we've done in our life since then. You know, mm-hmm. whether it be job changes or we now have our own new son. Um, God, God did speak that well, to tell, me. Before tell Greg us ever- about that, Missy, because that's a praise that's happened also. Tell them. Um, yeah. Tell them exactly what, how old and so forth. Tell us the praise report. Um, our baby boy is just a little over a year old now. Um, that was that was kind of another wacko thing. And, and when you don't know that you're hearing God, just believe that you are because mm-hmm. I had been, in fact, I was looking at an old Bible and and reading, and I was just flipping through. I, I encourage you to mark in your Bible and date things. Um, Amen. <laughs> I was reading, and um, and now I've already probably flipped from that page to another page. But anyway, I was reading along, and and there was a, a psalm, and it talked about um, about believing for your sons. And I dated it, and this was Greg was not at home, and there was not a very good sign that he was ever coming home at that point. But I wrote in my Bible that I believe that was for us to have a son. And um, lo and behold, almost a year to the date of Greg coming home, we had a son. <laughs> and, um, you know, I was looking at my Bible today kind of laughing about that. Like, I know what I wrote in my Bible that day. Like, oh, this is for us to have a son. But that was kind of a crazy, God, this this can't really be you saying this because that's kind of crazy. <laughs> God had even told you what his name was going to be. Yeah, God had told me what his name was going to be, too. And so, um, anyway, long story short is almost a year to the date of, uh, of Greg coming back into the house, we had a son, and, and his name is Andrew, which is the name God gave me for him. Um, wow. So, what, so, to God be the glory. To God be the glory. Yes, and, you know, just to have the, the faith and the belief that that was going to happen was was really kind of stepping out on water, so to speak, because, you know, I didn't have any idea that I was ever coming home. Um, I didn't have any idea, you know, how how those pieces would play together. And uh, 
And and our age also is not one that the average person would probably thought we were going to have any more children. And then, poof, there you go. God did what he said. That's another word of encouragement, Missy. Because a lot of there's a lot of women that are young standing, and their spout, family, friends, and everybody else is saying, "You're young. You need to get on with your life and go and have a family." And God can do anything. Correct. Mm-hmm. That's right. Some of my very favorite scriptures, I'm sure, as yours as well, Charlene, are when Mary became, you know, when the angel Gabriel came to Mary, and she said, "Let it be so." And then, in the same process, her cousin Elizabeth, who was well past childbearing age was already pregnant with John the Baptist, and all those scriptures are near and dear to me because during that whole time of standing, God was using those scriptures to strengthen me to stand, but also to remind me that he had a great plan for our family and for generations to come, that this wasn't really just for us and just for today, but it's for many generations. And lots of my favorite scriptures that I have marked in my Bible have to do with the generations to come and that that what we're giving and doing today is just a small seed in the many, many things that are to come. I and, you believe know, I just that with all my heart, Missy, because I've had those same scriptures, and uh, I'm going to be writing all those in a book uh, before, or my kids were writing it in a book, all the scriptures God's given me, and it was generations and generations and nations and nations. And on the first, I, Bob and I, at when the uh, Internet started, Bob says, here's your scripture for nations, because we never dreamed when our ministry started that we would be going around the world on the Internet and how God would get it to having people from Singapore to every United Kingdom to Ecuador to anywhere. And God has done it. And uh, the words God's giving you today, dear Stander, will come to pass. You just have to be strong and stay firm and believe what the Lord has told you and never, never give up. You know, blessed is she who believes what the Lord has said will be accomplished. Luke 145, you must stand on the word. And that is why I'm going to throw it in that Missy said memorize scripture. And Missy, you said that, and I wrote a note. You need to memorize the word of God. And we all failed or at least I sure failed when I was a Christian that I did not memorize the Christ or a believer that I didn't memorize the word like I should have. So that when I started standing, I had to learn to memorize the scripture and speak it when the enemy is attacking you with circumstances that you can speak forth as God, as Jesus spoke to the, defeat the enemy. He spoke the word of God. And if we will hide God's word in our hearts, as Missy said, her four-year-old daughter was helping her mom memorize the scriptures. Dear people, get your kids into this. This is not a battle for just you. You need to get your children in and praying for their dad and, and or mother and not condemning and, and saying how bad they are. They're going through a horrible situation there and, and, sit and looking and seeking and trying to find happiness and truth. And like Bob did, he went to church and was seeking. And you know what? That's what Greg is saying today is so important. So important because we have so many that have spouses home that are having, they're having trouble or they are home and they've never left. And dear, dear uh, husband or wife, that is a praise in itself. Um, but you need to um, love them unconditionally and, and, 
turn the other cheek. I mean, if we take the reading the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the beginning of this year, and understand that what Jesus said to do, all apply actually all of what he says to us every day, we will be totally different treating our husbands, our children, and other people, our co-workers, our, and we won't gossip in church about others. Instead, we may just stop and pray for them and we, or stop gossip from other people. We can make a difference and be a lighthouse. And the Lord wants us to be the lighthouse and the salt of the world every single day. And that's what Greg is talking about. That's what he was saying. And that's what we need to do. And he also used the word that is so important to me, is the truth will set you free. Mm-hmm. Greg was seeking the truth. Greg, that meant so much to me when you said that. Because you could have gone down 20 different cults and religions, but you were still seeking and not necessarily God always, but you were still, even when you came home, you were still seeking. And God's truth is going to always prevail above any other truth. And uh, I just praise the Lord that you spoke that today also. Um, do either one of you want to say anything else before I start with some questions? Um, I just, uh, we're, I guess we're both excited to say something. I just wanted to say, well, I mean, I prayed lots of scriptures and I memorized scriptures and, and I'm still doing that today. But um, one thing that Thank I guess I prayed, I prayed a lot and I still do, it's still posted in our bathroom and I try to pray it when I'm in there getting ready in the morning is, you know, 1 Corinthians 13. And it really kind of hit me over the head when it was back to me of, of what I needed to deal with. You know, it talks about, that if I do all these great things and, and I'm even going to give myself up to be burned, but I don't have love, I have nothing. And right. so I have posted in our bathroom, um, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8 or 10, about that I put our names in it. And, and it says, you know, Greg and Missy, our love is patient. Greg and Missy, our love is kind. Greg and Missy, you know, do not envy or boast. And it's pretty amazing that scripture, like if you cut and cut it all down to that, if you can say, I don't do this, or I do do that, then then I'm getting it right. And you can't do any, I think Bob said this earlier, I can't do any of those things in myself. I can only do it through Christ and through his strength. So this isn't about me. This isn't about all my good deeds. It's about Christ and my belief that he can take me, who is so messed up, and transform me to a point that I can actually be useful for his kingdom. Amen. Amen. And you know what? The the ironic part is, one of the scriptures that God gave me at the beginning of my stand, as you all know, is 1 Corinthians 13 and 4 through 8. And I have right on, on my wall in my office here... It's First Corinthians four through eight, and I, you're right. You, if you live that in your life and put your children's name in it, your spouse's name in it, we're not going to be rude. We're not going to be self-seeking. We're not going to be easily angered, and keep no record of wrongs. Man, if you today know you cannot keep a record of wrongs of anything your spouse or children have done, that's what love is. Man, think of what we, how we're going to have so many relationships with our brothers or sisters or aunts or uncles or cousins. Wow, we can have a revival in our nation. And when we have a revival, we're going to have marriages restored, and that is what we're praying for. Greg, I'm sorry, I, just, I, don't, I didn't mean to interrupt you. 
that, that's fine. I was, I was just going to say one of the one of the kind of revelations that that I have have had through this whole process that that is um, it's kind of taught me something different than than what I what I thought um, a believer's life was before. You know, I I had uh, I believed in Jesus when I was young and had had professed that. <clears throat> but I had a completely different point of view as as uh, an adult making the adult decision to to believe was entirely different than my perspective as a, as a youth. And uh, I think the although it's very very simple, it's it's something that has has made you know, kind of profound effect on on my pursuit of this. Was as, as a as a child, I I guess I had more of the the perspective that you you believed in Jesus and were saved, like like that was mm-hmm. one one time. I know what you mean. Act. Yes, just do what you believe, and and that means you're saved. And I and I do think that that is true to an extent. That that yes, you're you're saved uh, from you're saved from hell. You're you're are brought into into God's kingdom because of your belief. But the the word talks about that through Christ Jesus we are we are being saved. That it, it is not a one time act. That it is it is right. an active daily participation with with Christ. And and that small revelation about how the Word treats our salvation, not as a, a you know believe and profess and and go on with your life however you however you think, but to continually uh, walk. With Christ and through Christ, you are being saved for His His work in His kingdom. That that has really changed uh, the way that that I have uh, approached my my daily uh, communion with God and and my daily search for for His knowledge and how it applies to to our lives and and really thinking about how how relevant it is to our our lives every single day. And it's also really we're missing. I both it has flipped our. I think it's completely flipped our point of view about what is important in life and, and what the what the reality of life is versus what we what we have have made you know made relevant and and thought was was reality before and what really is important and what is you know the the meat of life as opposed to what we made it out to be. Before it, it's it's so much much less about about us and our pursuits and and what we thought life was before, and so much more about the the work and glory of God now. Uh, that I think we have a much better handle on on what the reality of life should be, and and that has changed the way that we view our ourselves and and our relationship, and that's made a big big difference for for us, I believe. Well, that's so funny that Greg brought all that up. So it's so like the Holy Spirit. This is the scripture I wrote down when we very first started today, Charlene, and I think that I didn't know exactly how it fit into all this, but this is exactly how it fits in. In 1 Peter 2, it says, So put away all malice and all deceit and all hypocrisy and envy and all slander, like newborn infants long for pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation. Mm. If indeed you 
trusted that the Lord is good. That's something that God right now in my life is very much talking to me about is taste and see that I am good. And, you know, we, I mean, obviously probably lots of listeners are thinking, oh, my goodness, she has a restored marriage. Of course she can taste and see that he is good. But, you know, he's really challenging me to taste and see that he is good in everything, in all things, and that he's that he's good, that, that this is good. You know, it's not, although it's hard and although that, that it comes with trial and struggle and, and heartaches, you know, it's good. And, and actually, I will tell you this, um, God was so good to me in my stand. I mean, there were a lot of tears cried and there was a lot of sadness, but there were also a lot of moments of just pure joy and that he would turn my sadness into joy. I mean, this is the goofiest little story, but it was my birthday and I didn't think Greg was probably going to give me a birthday gift, which he didn't. And, you know, I was just, I love my birthday and I always want to have a big birthday celebration and all these things. And so we were going to have dinner with our, with my neighbors and my parents and, you know, whatever. Well, my next door neighbor, there's a couple that live next door to us and his wife was very much instrumental in, in my stand. She was praying for me always. And, and he kind of knew knew what was going on, but, you know, was quiet to the whole thing. Um, he himself went and got me a birthday gift and brought me this gift, and it was bath towels. And I wanted bath towels more than anything else, and I wanted a certain color, and nobody knew this but God. I had told oh, amen. bath towels or what color I wanted them to be. And it was just like, it was kind of like God saying, here, Missy, here's your birthday gift. I know um, what your heart's desire are. That's right. And so, you know, we need to learn to live in the joy of the Lord regardless of the current circumstance. And we need to taste and see that the Lord is good and know that we are growing up into our salvation, whether we're standing or not, or, you know, prodigal or stand or whatever, that we're growing into this. I believe that so strongly, and uh, that is, that is my burden for all of our standards that we can get to that point because I believe we are going to be um, – right now they look at us and say, wow, I don't want to go down that road or I don't want to be a Christian if this is what being a Christian is. But we can have a joy of the Lord in the midst of our circumstances, and we can radiate and talk about our Lord and how he meets our needs and so many other things. I've got – we're going to have – less than four minutes for questions and then we're going to uh, have close with uh, popcorn prayers from our guest and we're not going to uh, uh, do uh, we're just going to close that way today uh, due to technicalities and um, but one of the persons said um, what's your advice when the other woman texts you or is trying to be friendly to you or send cards saying she's praying for you um so what's your advice when the other woman texts you and is trying to be friendly to you or send cards and saying she's praying for you? Um, I'm not sure what she means by that. Um, but how have I know, and I didn't, we didn't say it, but I'll say it. we got to say it in about one thirty seconds. But, Greg, uh, you had to move, and you've changed jobs. You've done some drastic life changes, have you not? Yeah. <laughs> We have. That that says yes says it all that it's huge, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean part part of uh, part of what we've done is is really making a lot of um, big decisions for for changing the the direction of our lives, 
and, and part of that was, uh, yeah, changing changing the job that I had been in, and I went to, on to a, another job where I was traveling out of town for about nine months working, <clears throat> and then deciding that that uh, I was going to give that up, uh, not just the job, but but uh, the career altogether that I'd been in for about ten years, and and uh, and we're we're changing the whole emphasis of of our life as a family and, and going a different direction because we just determined that, that the career itself was um, was a little bit too taxing and stressful for, for my life and for our life as a family. So we made big okay. big yeah, changes there. But uh, but certainly in, in our case, the, the kind of career and, um, and some you know, relationships through work stuff uh, were distracting and so that did that did uh, play into our decision making in, in my decision making uh, for, for why I needed to make a change well another person said my prodigal recently said to a mutual friend that he, that the prodigal feels like um, the, the spouse the standard has a hold on him and that we've been divorced for three years and I won't move on and I can tell them right now, if somebody else wants to jump in, that's the Holy Spirit that he's feeling Amen. conviction on. Uh, my and my that's thought praise. is I would praise the Lord. That's my point. Praise the Lord. And that's praise good, and, and that's all all good. There's nothing. He's going to feel Holy Spirit conviction from now till he obeys the Lord and comes home. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Greg... Did I or Missy? I both of you. The other woman. I have so many people say I don't want to text. I don't. I'm not going to talk to my husband. I'm not going to have any communication. I'm going to let go and let God, and I'm just going to be silent. And uh, I was blessed. I had my husband did check about the kids and so forth, but um, but still, I when I when the Lord convicted me to say a. I didn't have any text or any cell phones or any of those type things, but if I felt led to send a card, I sent him a card and said, I love you, I miss you, the kids are doing all right. Um, I believe that you need to go by the power of the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit deal with it. If they come and tell you, don't send me anything ever again, be obedient. Can you be obedient to what your husband is or spouse is saying? Then you have to do it, and then you'll find out God can turn it around to good. Um, how did you handle that, Missy and Greg? Um, I I would just echo your your response to that's something that you need to work out between you and God in your prayer time in the quietness of your own time with God. Because, I mean, my my biggest caution would be you don't need to listen to what everybody in the world tells you, whether they're good Amen. counsel or bad counsel. Um, I think you need to go straight to to Christ and to God and to say, you know, I need some direction here. There were some times I knew specifically that I needed to shut up, and there were also some times I knew specifically that I needed to do something specific. Um, I had had read a lot of your your own testimony, Charlene, and some other people's too about um, asking for forgiveness from that from your prodigal yeah. or from yeah. 
doing things like that. And there, I was very burdened about that one time. So I wrote Greg a card and I wrote to him all the things that I needed to say that I knew I couldn't say to him in person because we were not at a place where we could really talk without it getting volatile. And so, and because I wanted it to, I want to leave it with him personally, not it just be said and gone past. And so, you know, there were some times I knew I needed to give him a card or a birthday gift or whatever. And, you know, and most of the time I will say that they were not accepted from a friendly manner. Um, another thing I also, um, the Holy Spirit impressed upon me was to never let him leave my presence without telling him I loved him. And I had to really work through that because I had to learn how to say I love you and actually mean it and not just say I love you because the Holy Spirit said I should do this and so I'm doing it. But it had to be more of a belief and and a, and a it had to be an act of obedience, and then the feelings followed the obedience. And and again, I did not always that was not always taken in a very receptive manner. And you had to and accept so, it and go on. Right, and I so couldn't we, say oh. We are out of time, and I we've been going on for another thirty minutes. But God is so awesome. All the questions I think that have been sent in today, I believe if you listen to this over and over again, you are going to hear the answers over and over through the power of the Holy Spirit. This is awesome what we have accomplished, what God has orchestrated today. To God be the glory. We didn't talk about the badness of Greg, and we didn't get to share all that he did and and didn't do. And what she just said, he did not receive things. You've got to understand that while they're in that far country, yeah, they had not come to their senses yet, so we have to live and and walk like the Lord wants us to do. So we're going to start with Missy and pray for the standard briefly, and Greg and Bob, and I'm going to close because we are so blessed to have every one of you on the on the telephone conference. You have been such a vital uh, going back and forth. It has just been a truly an awesome blessing and. Greg and Messy, to hear just part of your testimony and to hear all what the Lord has done in this last year, to God be the glory. Last two years, to God be the glory, and to have a little baby to hold and see what God has done. Nothing, nothing is impossible with any marriage or any standard. And I pray that uh, all the standards and and I pray even prodigals will listen to this because Greg has mm-hmm. spoken to prodigals today also. And we just give you the, God the praise for that. Lord, um, Nancy, open up and pray for the standards. Would you like we talked? Dear Heavenly Father, I just ask right now that you would use this time and these words to glorify you, your kingdom, and to further that to every inch of the square earth. And I just mm-hmm. thank you for Charlene and thank you for Bob and thank you that that they were willing to take a stand in their lives long ago that has so influenced my life. And I just pray right now that you would just give strength to the weary and that you would just wrap up the brokenhearted and that you would just encourage those who need encouragement. I just pray that uh, that they could be strong and that they would take courage and that they would wait, in you, wait on you, Lord, and that while they're waiting on you, that you would clearly be their help and their shield for our hearts can be glad in you. And I just thank you so much that you are good. Help us each one to taste and to know of your goodness and to press on to that that you've called us to. And I just thank you for this time today. In Jesus' name. Great. And, Father, we just thank you again for this time that we've had, the words that you brought to our minds to say. And we know that it is your will that uh, that our marriages be, be uh, 
healthy, strong, and centered around you, and that uh, those that we have, have committed our hearts to in the past, that we should stand with them, and that we should make uh, our lives, that uh, our lives should be together, because because you have called us to do that, and that your word says that. But I know, Lord, that more important than, than even that, uh, although it's what we want more for our own lives, the, the thing that, that is most important is that, that your will be done to bring uh, all of us into salvation, that uh, that none should perish, that everybody should come to your grace and your mercy through, through these situations, uh, especially that, that your glory would be shown, that your glory would be shown to, to us in our lives individually and to this world as your wor- your word has declared that that the whole earth will be filled with your glory. And, and we just pray that in these situations today, that no matter what the outcome is, that you work it all together to show your glory to everyone that we come in contact with, that, uh, that your name and your renown would be known and your name would be great to all the people that, that we can, uh, can tell our story to and show what you've done in our lives. And we just pray you would be glorified through all of this and that the words that we say and the way that we live our life would uh, would show that glory to others. Just pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Dear Father, we, we declare what your word declares is true, and we just want to say that your ways are far above our ways, and we want to trust you more. And Lord, I pray for everyone who has heard this uh, call and for all who will hear it in the future, Lord. Um, and I pray in particular for the for the men who are standing, that you would work in each of our hearts, Lord, that we would love our wives as you've called us to, that we would be forgiving and gracious, that we would um, grow in unselfishness, Lord, true unselfishness, that we would um, be the men and I pray for the, the women standers as well, that we would be the men and women that you have called us to be, Lord, by the power of Christ living in us. And Lord, we recognize that we cannot live the way you want us to of our own help, of our own efforts, our own self-efforts. But we need you desperately, Lord, and we ask you to uh, reign in our lives as king that you are, Lord. And um, just... Bless us according to your great love and mercy and kindness that you could uh, be seen in us. So these things we pray in the mighty and great name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from them and forgive them their sin, and will heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. Lord, we've heard so much today, and you have planted a lot, sowed a lot of seeds in a lot of people's hearts, and we pray that you will land into fertile soil, that it will bloom and blossom, that we will become strong, healthy standers and believers and Christians and disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we will believe and we will know that
that nothing, nothing is too hard for you, and we will stand firm, and we'll be more rededicate, recommit our stand our to the Lord more than ever before, and say, I will stand. I will not think bad about my spouse. I will love them unconditionally because I know that he is blinded and deceived, and that we just need to pray for the truth to be set, set them free, and we just pray that you will just. Help us to grow this year, a new year, a new beginning of our walk with the Lord that will be stronger than any other year. And I just pray that for every standard and for every couple that are even home together that have been restored, I pray that they will seek and grow more this year than ever before by reading the Word, by memorizing Scripture, and praying together, and seeking God's face to do each and everything. We surrender our lives and our marriages, and we just ask, Lord, restore, restore and rebuild and resurrect dead marriages for every standard and for every spouse and for every prodigal that's uh, right now in the far country. Go rescue them today and tonight, and may this be a, a weekend of victory, and we'll give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much, everyone, and thank you, dear ones who have called in. We just love you. We praise you, and we pray that you will be uh, tell everybody to uh, call in and later tonight go on the internet and find this. If not today, it'll be there tomorrow. And uh, we just pray that you will listen to this again over and over and get uh, write some notes because you have uh, been blessed today by all what was said by Bob and by Greg and by Missy. And we just give God the praise for this phone call. Thank you, everybody. And thank you, Greg and Missy. We just will be praying for you more. I'm going to pray for you more now that, I, now that I've heard your testimony. It's even more awesome. And, Bob, we're just going to pray. You're going to call us back in a few weeks or months, and you're going to have a wife with you. <laughs> so Amen. God pray bless you thank all. You. God thank bless you, you all. And God have a blessed you. week, everybody. Bye. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages.